Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors, and today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to, and you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hey everybody, in this episode of the GH Report, we're going to talk about a man, a lawyer, a steak enthusiast, who always wants to send people up to Sing Sing. Of course, I'm talking about the one, the only, Scotty Baldwin. The man has his highs and he has a lot of lows this week. We're going to break them all down next. I'm Maria Menounos and you're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, It's the GH Report. You find out your sick child is your daughter. <laughs> when you go treat her at the hospital. <laughs> hey, everybody. Welcome to the GH Report. That's a dumb little intro I just sang right there. This is the show that looks back at everything that's happening in Port Charles and gives it to you in an easily bite-sized, digestible 45 minutes. I am the extremely untalented Frank Moran. <laughs> And I'm Carla Renata. You are a fool. <laughs> As always, folks, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. And, of course, the chat is up and running. Carla's got her iPad right there. She can see all of you folks hopping in and sharing your thoughts. It is Roll Call. Joe Costanzo, Chelsea Brown, Coco Candy One, Lisa Wagner, Loretta Johnson, Annie Goen, Dolores Leach, Tiger Lady underscore SFC. Kelly Publicover, Mary Shannon Burge, and Rena Sheen and Michael B. And that's it, Tiger Lady. Yes, and a t- Tiger Lady. I think I got everybody. What's up, y'all? Look and Brandy Joy One. Hey, Kelly, hey, look at that. You took time out of your Sunday to join us. It's going to be our responsibility to entertain you with some some delightful, witty commentary about everything that's happening here in Port Charles. Uh, so we'll, we'll look at the week that was. We'll also do a little bit of news and gossip down at the end of the episode as well. But before we dive into everything in detail, Carla, what did you think of this week overall? Oh, it was so tired. It was very tired. Very tired and very boring. That trial was a sham. <laughs> That trial was a sham, and it was so funny because it felt like they were, they they kind of like eased up into the trial, and then they kind of got heavy with the trial, and then they kind of jumped out of the trial to deal with some other storylines, but they didn't really fully jump into them, like the one with Ava and Trina. Mm-hmm. Or the one with Dev and that painting. You know, it was like they kind of dabbled in and, and, and ducked back out. I'm like, what are y'all doing this week? Well, you know, it is interesting because we have seen in a lot of the cases coming up. Uh, we've had, uh, we brought Nora Buchanan over from One Life to Live. She came in to help out with, with Valentine. Uh, we've also seen Shiloh having a couple of uh, guest lawyers come mm-hmm. in to help him out in his legal woes. Mm-hmm. But uh, Martin Gray, his, I, I'd say of all the like kind of a guest lawyers that we've had come in in the mm-hmm. past year, two mm-hmm. years, he's the one that's been been sticking around the longest with a uh, lot of screen time. Yeah, because he's Tad from All My Children. Well, <laughs> uh, I mean, of course, but we had Nora Buchanan, too. Which is right, like, but I'm just saying, he, but he's a little smarmier, you know? He's a little more, he's a little edgier, he's a little smarmier. Um, I think they may have plans for him on the show beyond this whole courtroom drama, so maybe that's why he's, he's sticking around for a minute, but 
Um, yeah, I I felt like the whole courtroom situation was a little dicey, a little challenging, a little I don't know. But my favorite moment, my favorite moment was I I almost wish it had harkened back to the days of the dun dun dun, <laughs> right? Because there was a couple of those moments. So like there was that one moment where. Um, he says to Martin Gray, was it Martin? Yeah. Martin Gray says, no, 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 it was Scotty saying to Kim, uh, doing the cross, doing the examination of Kim where he, he brings up the fact that she tried to sleep with Drew um, without his consent. And then there was the moment with Elizabeth where they brought up how she was, she was dealing with uh, a Jake Doe and didn't want to say who he was. I'm like, they just aired everybody's dirty laundry. Yep. And and then after all of that, the weekend came around and we still don't know if homeboy getting off or not. Uh, they left it as a cliffhanger. I'm like, for real though, <laughs> y'all gonna do all this all week and you, you're not gonna tell us by Friday what time it is. I'm like, okay, I see you. Yeah. All right. Uh, I feel like uh, my favorite moment of the trial was probably and why I love Michael E. Knight. But uh, there's a scene where uh, <laughs> Scotty's trying to you know trying to uh, interject. And uh, the judge rules with uh, Martin Gray. Right. And he just turns around and looks at Scotty and just kind of gives him that look. To, to have him go, Scotty, go back and sit down, sir. <laughs> they had a lot of moments like that. I think there was this other moment where he says, I think Martin Gray says, leading the witness. And before the judge can even say it, Scotty turns around and goes, noted. <laughs> I'm like, what is happening right now? But that was... a all jokes aside, it was a very lively little courtroom situation because they were just slinging the dirt everywhere. And then they went so far as to even bring Jason up into it. Yes. Uh, which, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, because yeah, if somebody's trying right. to get Drew, right. it shows like, hey, we see we re- somebody recognizes him right. as Drew over Franco. I want to talk about, as I said at the beginning, Scotty Baldwin. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, one of Port Charles's resident legal aces. And He's a mess. <laughs> he was a mess. This was so. Scotty did himself no favors in this trial. No, he did not. He was awful. I mean, makes sense. Hey, you know, whether they have a love hate relationship, he reaches out to Kevin Collins to give him a psychiatric evaluation of, of Franco slash Drew. Mm. But when time comes for him to testify, when when if your if your uh, you know expert witness says, "Hey, I need to talk to you for a second, take a second and talk to the man." Don't just say, ah, get up on there. Do it, buddy. That was my favorite moment when he, when Kevin said something that Scotty didn't want to hear that was going to throw his case under the bus. He was like, I, I, think, he's, I think he said, I object or something yes. to that. He said something like that. And, and the judge was like, you going to object to your own witness? I hollered out loud. That was so funny. Uh, yeah, permission to treat this person as a hostile witness. This is your own witness. What are you doing? That was comedy at its best. And then the other part was that where he really went in on Kim and he comes and he sits down and Elizabeth's like, I really wish you didn't have to do that. And he leans over. He's like, I do anything to get my son back. And he says it like, what about you? Yeah. You're clearly like he, he doesn't verbally say that, but he says that to her like, what are you doing? It was funny. Well, and there's also the other tactic, which I felt like served no poor, no point in this trial, is where they bring out uh, when Drew says, "Hey, I was in Turkey in June yeah, of 2010." Yeah, I didn't get that. And I was so, like, What's the point? 
Liz goes, hey, yeah, uh, oh, I remember that's when Franco did a, supposedly did a murder. And so <laughs> uh, Scotty throws that out in his face. Just like dumb. You're right here. It's like, well, I think we've already established that he doesn't have his memories. So well, why are you dumb. trying to, I, I felt like this was just a, a that, waste of time. Yeah, that was, that, that did not serve his purpose well at all. And then there was a moment with Cameron and Jason outside the courtroom where Cameron, bless his little heart, just like loses it. He's like, you of all people should understand. Couldn't you just suck it up and just say the opposite? And he, Jason's like, yo, they just asked me a question and I answered it. I don't know what to tell you. And Cameron's little face was like, like, I don't know what he expected Jason's response to be to that was. But when Jason said that, he just kind of looked at him like, is that all you got? <laughs> I was like... <laughs> no, I mean, that is one thing that is consistent with Jason. That as much as you may not want to hear it, he's going to tell you the truth. Mm-hmm. And it, certainly he'll tell you the truth at inconvenient mm-hmm. times for you. Mm-hmm. But he sticks to that. Mm-hmm. And speaking of truth... How much did we love those moments between Finn and um, Hayden? Did we love those moments? Did we not like those moments? You know, all right, how did you feel about the baby revelation? Because we've been talking about it. We knew it was going to come out at some point. I like the way it came out. I like the way that they didn't linger and, and dangle it too long. Like, she said it, it, that was it, and it was done. And then they had to deal with the aftermath of that information. You know, and I think I would love that much better if they hadn't done that stupid dream sequence of her in the park going oh yeah oh, you mean a couple of weeks before yeah. yeah I'm like come on because you teased me like when you were just being direct about it and we get right to it if you would not show me that scene and then just give me this I would have been much more it's like boom alright we're getting right to it I feel like but the what I appreciated about all of that that storyline is the fact that they were able to sit because usually in situations like that they brood around for weeks he's mad at her for weeks and then they finally sit down and have a conversation so the two things I appreciated about the storyline is that they gave the, they disseminated the information and got out there boom okay let's deal with it and then they dealt with it right then and there in that moment and had that conversation after you know they they came out of the came out of Violet's room they sat there and they had that conversation and she he was like why didn't you tell me and she goes into this really long convoluted explanation as to why she didn't tell him but it actually made a lot of sense you know she found out that he he was already in a relationship with Anna he had asked her to marry him marry him he had moved on with his life and she didn't want to blow up his life any more than than she already had but the one thing that she said that was very interesting to me was he said, but you still could, he kept saying, but you still could have told me, but you could, still could have told me. And she kept telling him all the reasons why she couldn't tell him or why she chose not to. And, and, and then the subject came up, came up where she said something to the effect of, no, he said something to the effect of, she said, but you have a daughter. And he said, well, Anna has children. She has grandchildren. And he said, she could just roll with it. And Hayden was like, not if it's not her own kid, she can't. And he said, but I would have dealt with it. She said, no, no, no. She says, but I I wasn't going to let you do that. And he says, and then he says something. She says, you can't test drive a child. Throughout that whole conversation, that was the one thing that hit me so hard when she said, you can't test drive a child. You can't play with children's emotions like that. Because when something happens to a child, especially in their formative years, they never forget. Is something that lingers and stays with them for years, centuries, decades to come. Not centuries, but decades to come. So that was I, I enjoyed that scene with them and I I like seeing them act together. 
I like and I like I love Rebecca Buddick who plays Hayden. She she's been around for a minute. Um, I remember watching her as Greenlee on All My Children. Mm-hmm. She's a wonderful, wonderful actress. So I really enjoyed those scenes with them. But now I'm kind of like, well, what's going to happen when Hayden comes back? And Hayden when um, Anna comes back in town. It's it is always interesting when you have to come up with storyline justifications for real life events mm-hmm. because for whatever reason Re- Rebecca Budding was let go from the show mm-hmm. she left for a period of time and, mm-hmm. and then she's come back mm-hmm. uh, and so you know they write all that stuff into it and now they have to justify the choices that character made mm-hmm. you basically because you know of show mechanics well I know Rebecca Budding she I, I believe um, she had just had the baby had her baby in real life when she started on GH and it was a real challenging balancing act for her so I don't know if that maybe played into whether or not she took some time maybe she maybe she made the decision to just step back and take some time off to to raise her daughter to the age where it wasn't going to be um, a juggling act for her because it was a juggling act because I remember I was trying to get her to come over here and try to do some interviews with her and us trying to schedule something was really challenging because she had a little person and she couldn't quite figure out how to make that work and I always feel so much empathy for moms that are in that situation because it's not like a package that you can leave on somebody's front door it's a human being no, you, can. you know it's shut fine. up <laughs> but you know what I was saying this is a human being yeah. and when you, and, and when it's your kid you know they feel some kind of way like I remember sometimes my mother would leave us with her friends to go handle some business or take care of something and my brother and I would always have deep down inside we would always have this deep-rooted fear that she wasn't going to come back, especially if we had been bad that week or something. We always had this deep-rooted fear that maybe she was going to leave us there and just not come back. It's interesting because my, anytime I leave, my daughter cheers. So, <laughs> you know. I can believe that about your daughter, though. Like, He's gone! Yes! <laughs> Please don't come back! That's what I hear as the door closes. But I, 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 I liked that. And then... But I feel like it's still a tough. And that little girl is adorable. She is. And oh I my did gosh, like, she's so cute. I did like the scenes between the initial meeting between Violet and Finn, and him just staring and Epiphany going like, "Wasn't that powerful? That's yeah. very powerful. That was some good acting right there." Just to, to walk in and realize, like, "Yep, that that person is an extension of me." Yeah. And she was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And then that explanation of him telling him telling her about his favorite flower, and then him asking Hayden, "Why did you name her Violet?" And she says she overheard him telling Roxy, like Roxy's a real person, but Roxy's like the lizard or something. (laughs) Like, because she said Roxy, I'm like, is that, I was like, is she talking about the lizard that he told Roxy that violets were his favorite flower? But when I think about those scenes with him and Hayden back in the day, those were some rough, for them as actors, those were some rough scenes, because that's when he was having that drug addiction situation going on, and he was throwing stuff, and he wasn't very nice to her, and so... For her not to tell him she was pregnant, I wouldn't have told him either. Not with the person that she was dealing with at that time. They'd come to a better place by that point. He, he yeah, but they the, were. But it was still fresh. It was still kind of you know. I felt like there there seems to be some selfishness to Hayden's justification, where it's mm. because she did not want to be. Now that Hayden's with Anna, mm-hmm. or Finn's with Anna, mm-hmm. now it's Finn, Anna, Violet, and Hayden, and Hayden's feeling like she's going to be the odd man out. Well, yeah, she is going to be the odd man out because. But that's still no excuse not to tell somebody they have a child. No, it's not. I agree with you. That's not an excuse not to tell. But she she is being selfish in respect. Remember, she has that moment where she says that she 
didn't want to come back to Port Charles or or tell him because she didn't want she wanted what they had before it was just her and him in love with each other with Violet in between them that's what she wanted mm-hmm. that's still what she wants that's why every time they would bump into each other during the up leading up to this moment every time they would bump into each other there was always that energy and that tension every single time they ran into each other because they clearly both of them still have strong feelings toward each other they just don't know how to reconcile them in order for both of them to move on but now they have to figure that out for the sake of this little girl because once this because now they have to decide if they're going to tell this little girl that that's her father because even he has that conversation about, I just want to go sit in that room as her father. And then they had that whole conversation about it being a conflict of interest for him to treat her as her father. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that all plays out. It's, uh, you know, but I, but I feel like I, I can <coughs> agree with Finn. I think Anna can roll with this. That uh, to find, I mean, well, they're saying in the chat room that they feel like she can, she can roll with it, you know. I mean, she, she loves Emma. So, I mean, I don't see why. She wouldn't. She wouldn't adore. Well, Emma's her grandchild. Well, true. I mean, and so there's a family relation there. But to have, I mean, and it's not like Finn. Like, hey, I never told you I have a child. Finn's found out about he didn't this know, just as right. well. So I don't feel like Anna I think would... it's going to be something. I think it's going to be maybe some tension between Anna and Hayden is what's um, going to go down. I would agree with that. Yes, because you know? I, I, I mean, Hayden has made no secret that she still has strong feelings for. No, nope. she's she's very vocal about it. So it, I think it's going to be some drama with with Hayden and Anna when Anna finally um, comes back to Port Charles. Yeah. And then and then I wanted to, I wanted to tell you this. So remember a couple of weeks ago when. We were talking. Maybe it was last week. We were talking about how um, you you felt that Nina was taking Valentine back to kind of like put the screws to him. Mm-hmm. I think you're right because this week they showed it a little bit more, especially when she got that that uh, box of champagne from from um, Spencer Cassidy. Yes. It, especially in that moment, you saw it a whole lot more. And then she had that whole confrontation with Ava because Ava was like, "I want my whiskey back." Yes, like you know. <laughs> I gave that to you because I thought we were mending, you know, we're, you're, you're, uh, as an olive branch. And all of a sudden, now you're with, with him again? Right. And Valentine still has not learned his lesson because what does he do? So while all of that's going on over in the peripheral with Ava and Nina, and Nina knows, and now we know as the audience by looking at Nina's face, that she's got some shenanigans up her sleeve, and she's going to let him have it with every inch of her being. Now that what we, she, yeah, when she throws you, out that line to Ava, it's like, I won't be made a fool of. Right. Like she's like no, she says I'm nobody's fool. Yes. That's what she said. She said I'm nobody's fool, and I was like, oh, okay, okay, Dina. And then what happens is we see her standing there, and we see her about to bust into that bottle of champagne because she takes it out that box and she just looks at it and gets that little smirk on her face. But while that shenanigan is happening over here across town, Valentine is all up in Laura's face, threatening Laura about Spencer. Like fool, have you not learned your lesson? Really, you gonna threat Laura? You gonna threaten Laura about her grandkids? Get up out of here with that madness! And I was thinking, like, why are you gonna be so stupid? But then remembering that he does know that Spencer rigged the election, exactly. And so that's that one little nugget that could blow up Laura's life, and she doesn't even know about it. But I think that I think Spencer's willing to take that chance. I think Spencer is. I think Spencer's got something up his sleeve too. I think he has something on Valentine, Valentine, Valentine that can even trump what Valentine has on Spencer. Perhaps. I, I feel like Spencer knows what he did is wrong and knows Valentine knows, but still hates him so much that he still can't help but still needle 
him, even knowing that he could blow up everything for him I and his really, grandmother. I was not having him coming to Laura, you know, threatening Spencer through Laura. I'm like... <laughs> Yeah, and I did like Kevin when he first comes up and says, uh, can I speak to you? No. Kevin just shuts that down right away. No, you can't. No, you're not. You can't be talking. I know. I was just like, oh. And then and then, while all of that, all of those shenanigans are happening in another part of town after Ava has left and gone back to the gallery, Trina's rolling up in there trying to get a job. And then here comes Dev. Good old Dev. <laughs> I like this guy less and less. Dev rolls up in there with this painting that he said he found at a at a dump, and now he's trying to start a whole business, which that's a whole other story. But I love the fact that Tre- that Ava is now going to get a new employee in Trina, which I'm kind of intrigued by because I was like, are they just going to continue to have Trina be in Joss's kitchen all the time? And where are her damn parents? Where yeah. are her parents? Her parents just letting her roam wild all over Port Charles by herself. She got to have a mom and daddy. You see the white kids' mom and daddy all the time. Where's Trina's mom and daddy? I, I'm excited because those scenes, are. it was nice to have Trina have something of her own as opposed to... Yes, being I'm, attached to Joss and Cameron. Yes. yes. So I'm excited to see where this goes. I'm very excited about that. And in the fact in that we learned something about Trina, we learned that she has a little bit more knowledge about something other than what we thought that she has art knowledge who knew that she was that educated about art which was really as a person of color and as a girl I was really glad that they took took it upon themselves as the writers to give her a backstory that wasn't the same old same old like they reached out and did something different like when was the last time you saw a a person of color on a soap opera especially a teen with a backstory that involved them having an interest in art no that's very true you know what i mean so i was very excited i'm very excited about that storyline and to see what happens and i think that ava i think that trina's going to be the person that that becomes a a revelation for ava because when trina said i was really I was really happy to see that you came back. I was kind of worried about you. And Ava's like, you were worried about me? And then they had that whole conversation where she's like, I know what happened to you. And she's like, well, did you find it out through the, the Crimson article or through gossip? And she said, a little bit of both. <laughs> well, I, I, I appreciated her honesty through all of that, where when they when Ava mentions the name of the painter for Helena's portrait, she goes, you know, I could... Jay I, Garen. Yeah, I, I could say that I know that and, like, and then look it up later. But it's like, I'll just be honest. Well, I, I don't know. She's like, I don't know. Yeah. And so then... But then Ava takes that as a teachable moment for Trina and teaches her about it. And then so... But then Trina tries to roll with the punches, but that, that painting's just a little creepazoid. So she's like, can we just, like, you know... She's like, yeah, let's move it. She said it is a little creepy. And then they, they pick it up and they move it out the way, which was kind of cool. I'm really curious to see where, where this is going because, I mean... There's been so much speculation about Nicholas coming back. Ava's being watched by somebody. When we don't know who. Uh, Maybe it is Nicholas. Uh, it could be. And we see, I mean, the painting is now within in Ava's possession, hidden so that, uh, conveniently hidden at the right time, so that mm-hmm. when Valentine comes in to buy some art, uh, the painting is already in the back, so he has no idea that it's still in play at all. Why somebody, who said this in the chat room? Dolores talking about her mom and daddy are working. I know they might be working. But still, she got a mom and daddy. Can we just see who the mom and daddy are? Maybe she maybe she doesn't have a daddy. Maybe her mom and dad are divorced. Maybe she's living with the mom and not the dad or vice versa. But can we just see who they are? I would love to see who they are and see what kind of background she comes from. She clearly comes from a very 
um, wonderful background if she's, you know, very knowledgeable about things like art, like maybe her mother or her father's an art dealer, like we don't know. But those are things that I would like to find out about Trina. They've made that young lady a series regular. So if you're going to take the time to make her a series regular, then make it count. You know, let let the audience fall in love with her. Like you've given uh, um, audiences and fans of General Hospital an opportunity to fall in love with Josh and Cameron and Sonny and Carly give us that opportunity to fall in love with Trina too. She deserves that. That's true. I mean, and it's always those stories that you read about soap opera actors knowing that they like, oh, I know, I knew I was going to be around when all of a sudden I got a, I got a house. <laughs> you know, it's like, all right, if they've given my character a house, all right, that means I'm going to be here because they're going to be, they're not going to build this just for a one-off. They're going to film some scenes in here. Exactly. My favorite, my favorite story about an actor that was on a show, not a soap opera, but it was Marla Gibbs who was on the Jeffersons and she played Florence on the Jeffersons for years and years and years and she was a flight attendant. I don't remember what airlines, I want to say American, but I, I don't think that's correct, but I know she was a flight attendant and she still had her flight attendant job while she was taping the Jeffersons for years wow. because she was like, Ain't no guarantee this is going to last. I'm keeping my bread and butter gig. She kept that job for a couple of years before she finally quit. And I think the show was on the air. It was on on the air for a while. But she kept that job forever because she was like, yep, I'm not quitting. I'm not going to quit my job thinking I'm going to be a big old TV star. And then they're like, oh, the show's canceled. (laughs) (laughs) That is my favorite story ever. And And I know a lot of actors in New York that were on soaps that they would get their soap contract because they signed soap. Well, they, I don't know if they still do this, but back in the day they used to sign soap actors for three years at a time. They may sign them for longer. It may be shorter. I don't know. But when I was living in New York, some of my friends that got signed, I had a friend that was, my friend Kevin Spiritus was on Days of Our Lives, and my friend Krista Tessero was on Guiding Light when that was on. And they had three-year contracts. And when they're co- when those contracts were coming up, folk would get real nervous. They would tell me how folk would be, like, walking around, basically biting their nails off because they weren't sure whether or not they were going to have, you know, be able to stick around. But if their contract got re up like, maybe two or three times, then they thought it was kind of safe to buy some property. And I know people that have... <laughs> I know people that have booked sitcoms or drama shows here in L.A. That they, I remember one guy in particular, he found out that he got this really, really popular series that we thought was going to be on the air for like a minute, and they canceled it after the first season. And he had gone out and bought like the six-figure home and then had no money to like pay that, that house note, and so he had to short sale it. Oh, so it's rough. It is rough, but swinging back around to the house on the soap, you're right. When when they give them a house, when they when you get a house or a kitchen, even even if you get a kitchen, you know the kitchen at some point gonna be attached to a bedroom, a yep. living room, the rest of the house. So that's you know you're gonna be around for a minute because they're not they're not gonna spend money building those sets if they don't plan on keeping you around for a minute. And so I'm gonna take that and apply it to Trina as well. We've now got her with the potential job hooked up with Ava, so we're expanding a little bit more. I feel like then the next thing is, like, we're going to see parents. Mm-hmm. So I feel like that, that's got to come. We, we would want to. They're saying in the chat room that it is three, there's still three-year contracts. I thought it was. I thought they would do it for three years. And it's like golden handcuffs. Like, you can't... You, it, you They get paid a pretty decent amount of money on soap operas to, to be able to knock out that kind of content. But it's like having golden handcuffs because you don't really have the time or the energy to do anything else but that soap. But, now you got to wait till you get up to the, like the Anthony Geary or uh, Fanola Hughes kind of level where you can take those along. Or Jeannie Francis, yeah. right. Because like, oh, nice Anna been gone for a minute, speaking yeah, of which. I was reading it was like May 31st, I think was her last air date. Mm-hmm. So She's been gone for a minute. Yeah. But she deserved that. She's been working. She 
she's been on General Hospital forever, and she was a dancer before that, and she was doing some films. She was in Staying Alive. Like, she's been around for a minute, so she deserves to take some time for herself. I'm not mad at her. This I laughed out loud when I saw this, though. So they finally bring Sonny and Carly and them finally bring Donna home from the hospital, and I laughed out loud because there was that moment where they were like, Avery, see your new, see your new baby sister, and Avery was like, she just had the, she had this look on her face like she could have cared less about that baby. Yeah, and I thought about you immediately and just busted out laughing. There was such a, <laughs> like the words did that match the face on that one. Ah, I can't wait to let me see her. And she was like, okay, mm-hmm. but the baby is hella cute. Little Donna is really cute. Come on, Frank, you gotta admit that's a cute baby. Nah, it's whatever. That is a really cute baby. It's like. And- <laughs> Jocelyn, I've taken so many pictures. Like, it's okay. That's a cute baby. I don't care what you say, but that's a cute baby. Yeah. So, I mean, we've got Donna home now. Great. We've got Donna home. We've got... How how long is it, do you think, before she gets uh, rapid-aged up to, like, two, three years old? It might be a minute. I don't think they're going to do that right away. It would be it would be too soon. Like if we turn on it, if we turn it on next week, because even Joss made a joke about that. Because was it Michael? Somebody said something about oh Donna's Donna's coming up the stairs and doing something. And Joss said she's opening doors already. That was quick. Yeah, <laughs> that's laughed. true. I laughed out loud because I thought, well, she know they aged the kids. <laughs> she know what time it is. She she had that joke ready and in her back pocket. It was funny. Well, we know one person that's late to the arrival uh, to meet Donna is Jason because he's busy doing right, his stuff. Because he's in court. So we see him and Sam trying to figure out the best decision for them to do in terms of do we you know go through the traditional trial process? Can we get a bench trial, which might increase our odds? High risk, high reward for that process. I'm feeling sorry for Sam because for the first time, Sam looks a little skittish and scared. Yeah, you know, she looks a little scared, and Diane ain't looking too positive either. I don't know. I mean, I feel like I mean Diane did a good job of se- seeming positive about the the benefits of a bench trial. But you know, they always <laughs> they always put that camera on Diane every once in a while, where she's giving that side eye, where she's like, "Diane is giving side eye. That's not a good thing." But I feel like the bench trial <laughs> is probably the best thing for Sam because you know the, the evidence that is available. You know, it's I mean, it's all hearsay. It's, it is. So, it's inadmissible, all of it. So yeah. So I I, I feel like I, I see Sam's chances of getting through this okay, but I feel like there's that ticking clock of you know who are, my 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 cellmate is in solitary because you know they they hurt their last. Did they ever say they never said who the so- I'm I, so I'm intrigued at who the cellmate is, but even Sam knows it's not going to be good news. That's why she's trying to get the hell up out of there. Oh yeah, because it, it can't. This can't be good news for her. You know, I don't know. There is something. If somebody is permanently injured, uh, a, a cellmate, and they've gone to solitary, why are you, why are you putting with another prisoner? Okay, cool. I mean, Ryan is in solitary because it's now. A soap opera. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so you need to have that drama. And I, I did like at least uh, like at least that Jason goes to Laura, and then Kevin happens to be there, saying, "Hey, I need to go see Ryan," and uh, Kevin's just straight up like. You can go see Ryan, but he's not going to tell you anything. He's going to string you along. Yeah, yeah. But ultimately, you know, he's just going to get Ryan is about Ryan. Yeah, Yeah. he's about Ryan. So I I did like his analysis for that, and then Jason going like, "Nope, I still got to do what I got to do." Like, (laughs) come on, Jason, whatever. But wait, and then we get around to 
dear sweet poor little Maxie and Peter because Maxie looked like she was about to rip him a new one she, she's like, what? What do you have to tell me? Don't answer that phone. I was like, oh, no. She started, she went from like, Peter, what do you have to say? It went from that to her like straight up yelling, looking like she was going to punch him in his throat at any given moment. I was like, oh, no. Maxie about to get violent. <laughs> yeah, it's, and I, it is curious why he got so skittish about the, the, the property. So, you know, Lucy comes in and says, hey, guess what? We can get this property for you now. It's perfect. Because and he knows he doesn't have the money. He doesn't have the money, right? He does, because he never brought it to Shiloh, because everything went but didn't down. They, didn't they take that money? Didn't something weird happen with that bag of money that he had? No, because he had the money, and then he ended up taking Dev uh, and uh, the kid, the baby, to uh, Wiley back to I GH. I feel like I can't remember what the reason is. I mean, I, I feel like it's his guilt over, you know, like, do I set up permanent roots with something that could fall apart? I'm thinking well, that's it. Well, it is going to fall apart because the minute she, because how many times during the course of the last couple of weeks, especially with that, those shenanigans with Valentine, did Maxie say, oh, I'm so glad we're not like that. And then there's that ominous look on his face like, mm, but we kind of are. <laughs> there's a with, with Peter August, there's plenty of, but I'm looking off in the distance. <laughs> And hearing a voice over my head telling me we about have, the, We should have Wes come back just yes. to talk about the trajectory of Peter <laughs> August. Come back, Wes. We need you, baby. Uh, you know, uh, I want to take a hot second to uh, sing praises. To, uh, Donald Turner, incredibly handsome man. Oh, yeah. Incredibly handsome. Uh, but I, I, I just, you know, a hot facial hair moment for Donald Turner. Because <laughs> uh, he's not going full beard. <laughs> But he stop, He does like it's almost like this cool like goatee kind of thing. Didn't he used to be a model. I, I feel like he he was a model at some point. Course, he look, he's, he's, he looks very model esque. He's he has facial hair that I could <laughs> only hope to pull off. I'm nowhere anywhere anywhere cool to even do something like that. But it is like a beard that stops here, and I'm just like that. That intrigues me. That facial hairstyle. <laughs> I can never pull it off, but it looks... He makes it work. Oh, my God. That's my hot facial hair moment there, folks. Uh, and you know what, folks? I share that with you because, you know, we, we're like a family here on Sundays. We get together for 45 minutes. We talk about <laughs> a common thing that we love so much, and that's General Hospital. We want to say thank you for joining us each and every Sunday here. And, yes. you know, there's so many other great shows here at our network, whether it's on After Buzz, Popcorn Talk, uh, BHL, or Book Circle Online. We appreciate you taking the time to watch all of those. But we're also asking for just a little bit of help. So anytime you can get involved in the conversation, whether it's liking and subscribing to something on uh, YouTube's, uh, YouTube's, <laughs> YouTube, or giving us a five-star review on iTunes, we appreciate it. But no matter where you're watching or listening, we just love that you get involved in the conversation like everybody that's getting involved today. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yes. And I just want to acknowledge some of the fans in the chat were asking if we're okay because, as everyone knows, California had a lot of wildfires out here and yes we are okay but I will um, divulge that one of them was extremely close to my house and the Los Angeles Fire Department was sending me these hella loud alerts on my phone Mm. telling me basically to if I have some valuables that I need to get together to get them together and be prepared to evacuate and I assume the one valuable you got was just the autographed picture of me (laughs) no that would have been my picture of me and Eddie Murphy (laughs) Oh, that's right. Make sure, folks. Carla's going to tell you where to follow her on social media at the end of the show. But you've got to do it to see a photo of her and Eddie Murphy. I got a chance to look at it up close and personal with my own two eyes. And it's 
phenomenal. So I showed it to my friend last night. She's like, "Ooh, y'all look like a couple." I'm like, "Girl, I wish." But he got ten kids and a wife, so and a newborn, so that's not going to quite work out <laughs> for now. Just put a pin in um, it. Um, no, never. Put a pin in I'm it. I'm not trying to get with anybody that got ten kids and two baby mamas. No, <laughs> no, no, and no. But what if it was just five kids and one and uh, one no. other baby mama? No. Uh, negative. All right. All right. Boy, <laughs> setting the bench high. Okay. All right. But in answer to your questions, yes, we are safe. The studios are safe. Everybody's good. So thank you for um, for uh, expressing your concern and well wishes. We appreciate it. We have a little brief scene this week with Robert. Can't get enough of Robert Scorpio. But uh, Laura as well, where they kind of feel like, I thought he was just... The, the new DA, but I guess it's still been acting DA. DA. Mm-hmm. It is. So it does feel like Robert is very noncommittal about this. Yeah, he's kind of like, he's kind of just rolling with the punches. He's like, whatever. Which I kind of love. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of love that he's like, uh, whatever. But it, it, it's a dialogue like that that makes me think like, oh, Tristan Rogers is probably going to be gone. No. They're not going to get rid of him, I Can't, don't think. Please don't. Because too- Anna's got to come back, and he's got to be there when she comes back. Like, there has, to, there has to be... They can't have him leave while she's gone. There has to be some definitive moment with them. You know, like the definitive moments that they continue, that they continue to have with him and Finn, where he continuously expresses his discontent over him being involved with Anna. He's like, you know I don't like... He has every opportunity to go, you know I don't like you, right? Yeah, but you know I don't trust you, right? <laughs> but it's like, what has Finn done to not be trustworthy to Robert? I think in Robert, and I'm, I'm speculating. I think in Robert's eyes, um, Finn, he can, he's a man, so he can see that Finn still has something for Hayden. That he's not as committed to Anna as he mentally thinks he is. He's not. He's just. He's not there fully, one hundred percent. And so Robert, who still loves Anna, just wants. To protect her and doesn't want her to get hurt because remember all that drama about her putting her feelings out on the line for him and thinking and remember for a split second she thought that he was involved with somebody else and she had expressed how stupid she felt about saying that she was in love with him That so for her to go through all that drama for them to have all that drama that they've had just for him to turn around and go yeah I'm gonna bounce and leave with Hayden and Violet it would be heartbreaking for her and it's almost like Robert can see the writing on the wall so he's just trying He's just protected. He's overly protective of her to a fault. That's I, why he doesn't like Finn. But there's also part of me that says, you know, you you love Anna. You love Holly. You, more than anybody, knows what it's like to be in love with two women. And maybe you're not... But that's the hypocritical side of him. You yeah. know what I mean? Because now he's older. Holly got her own life, you know, wherever she is, in Australia, wherever she is. And he's living his life. But he's come back to Port Charles. So there's... The thing that's come, the thing that is keeping him in poor Charles is Anna. Like he's walking around acting like he's not still in love with her, but he kind of is. Uh, we do see at the beginning of the week that he has a visit from good old Felicia Scorpio, rocking a new hairdo. <laughs> now, you, did, are, you are I'm, all about the hair this week. The hair, the facial hair—it doesn't matter. <laughs> but come on, yeah, we saw Felicia's new do. Are you uh, a fan of the shorter haircut? No. Oh, that's a shame. No. Uh oh. I don't know. 
Mm-mm. All right. Well, fine. I, we, <laughs> we also that's have. That's all I'm going to say. That's all you're going to say. All right. I understand. This is not official hair time. It's, you know, just a, or hairstyles time. No, it's GH time. I understand. Mm-mm. They're saying in the chat room that they're so over Robert's jealousy of Finn and Anna being together. Yeah, it's annoying, but it's kind of cute all at the same time. I mean, I, it is. The Anna Robert dynamic is great because he does know how to push her buttons. Uh, so well, and they have and they have great chem- not for nothing, but they have really great chemistry together. Yes, and I remember saying a while ago that the Anna Finn thing, I was like, eh. and now I know why. Yeah, but I feel like the show's done a really gone to such a great point to say like they the two of them love each other, but they are not in love with each other, mm-hmm. and as a couple, they as mm-hmm. a, as a couple, they would not work. Okay, so but. Uh, we shall see. Yeah, uh, uh, folks, as we're getting ready to wrap up, we must do a little little hot news and Good news gossip. Situation. Okay. TV news. Uh, of course, you know, with uh, uh, there's always speculation about a, a character that's presumed dead on a show. When are they going to be coming back here? Uh, you know, we had Grand Hotel uh, star Brian uh, Brian Craig, mm-hmm. uh, who who left playing Morgan and Corinthos, mm-hmm. killed off in the show. Never found a body, so it's always up for grabs. Mm-hmm. He went and get, explored some other options. His mm-hmm. ABC series has been canceled, so of course that immediately starts. Which made me so sad. I kind of liked that show. I never watched it myself. It was good. All right. Uh, but always oh, starts the rumor mill of like, oh, maybe he's going to come to GH. Then I mean, if he's his show's canceled, mm-hmm. what else is he doing? Uh, so I will ask you, Carla, would you want to see Morgan Corinthos come back? No. All right. I don't need to see that. Okay. Let, let him stay buried. Leave him alone. Interesting. <laughs> All right. Leave okay. him alone. Why? Why is that? You just don't like the character? or you're No, no, no. I, I felt like by the time they took him out, his character had become so incredibly annoying with the whole... Um, Bipolar and yeah, it was just it was a lot going on, and I'm like, I I just need for him to, you know, and his that ridiculous obsession he had over Kiki. So now if he comes back, he'll find out that Kiki's dead. Like that's opening up a whole another can of worms that we don't need to revisit. We don't need for Ava to crazy out any more than she already is. All right. Uh, another odd uh, little blind item that came out here was, uh, of course, we've been talking about Nicholas Cassadine. Looks like he's going to be coming back to the show, but the big question is: Is it going to be Tyler Christopher? Is it going to be somebody else playing the role of that? It needs to be Tyler. Uh, and so, a one blind item that was being talked about there that everybody is thinking was uh, in regards to General Hospital and specifically the Nicholas Cassadine character. It was revealing that an All My Children alum came quite close to scoring the role of a high-profile recast. So people were thinking, oh, maybe somebody from uh, AMC is going to be taking over the the character of Nicholas Cassadine. Oh. Uh, I, but that fell through. Oh. So uh, there's still no announcement of if it's Nicholas, and if it is indeed Nicholas, who is playing him. I don't know. I have no idea. I still feel like... I feel like we would know by now if it was going to be Tyler Christopher. Maybe not. Maybe they're saving that nugget for the last possible moment. Like, we didn't know Michael E. Knight was coming to play Martin Gray until he literally showed up on the soap. No, I knew about that. I didn't know about that. Well, yeah, Michael didn't call you? Stop it. Huh. But do you know, do you, do you have some other news? Because no, no, I have something it. I could drop. Right. So there was a character on GH a long time ago named Tony Jones that was played by Brad Maul. I heard yes. he might be coming back. That is, in fact, the case there. Uh, Leslie Charleston kind of released that on social media like, oops, hey, Brad Maul was here on the set. It was great to see him again. 
Uh, ben then quickly took it down before realizing, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to announce this yet. Announce no, this I saw yet. a press release that came out that said that. So I was like, yeah. oh. So, Entertainment oh, so we- she took it down? Yeah. Entertainment Weekly, though, did release a still. Uh, he's going to be coming up uh, relatively soon uh, where it's going to be an episode of him talking to Lucas. Lucas is going to be having a... Uh, a, little, a little crisis and needs to kind of muscle the things over. The crisis that we're finally about to see revealed. Thank you, Lord. Yeah. So it would be great to see Brad Maul back uh, to see what he does with that. You know, it, uh, it's I always liked the Lucas uh, Tony relationship, and yeah. so and so certainly Lucas uh, has gone through several different actors then, but yeah. to still get back to uh, Ryan Kearns is a great actor, so yeah. to see him and Brad Maul together, I think will be a lot of fun. And this will give Jackie Zeman something to do as Bobby too, because she's kind of been on the back burner for a minute. Well, I mean, I think this is like one of those, you know, I'm sitting here. Wishing I could talk to my dad. Oh, here's the, my imaginary <laughs> image of my dad here. And we can kind of talk some stuff out. Okay. It's not going to really turn into like... It's not... Oh, okay. Yeah. That's sad. Yeah, but... Because I was hoping they would give... They've been they've been toying with giving Jackie Zeman, as, who plays Bobby, more and more stuff to do lately, which... She's one of the OG GHers. I like to see when they give them more stuff to do. I, well, I mean, you know, Sonny Corinthos is never one to let a compliment slide through when it regards to Bobby. <laughs> When they're ready to take down a home, it's like, like mother, like daughter, like daughter. Like, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, he said that. Easy, but then, Sonny. But then he also said this in another in another unrelated scene where Jax is there. He goes, hi, Jax, would you like something to eat to go? <laughs> I, I was like, and then he got this little smirk on his face. He never turned around the whole time he said it. It made me laugh out loud. It was great. Yeah, it's, it's like one of those like, <laughs> just... <laughs> Smiling to yourself like, yeah, it was a good one. I know it was a good one. Yeah, I don't need to look for a reaction. I know it was good. Michael B's like, Tony Jones, dead, 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 right? And they said he died in 2006. But yes, honey, they said he's coming back, so he will be back. We yeah, will it's, see him. You know, it's like a, you, you know, they bring dead people back on soaps all the time. Don't act like y'all don't know. Yeah, it could be an angel. It could be just an imaginary version of that character in your head that you're kind of having. But regardless, it's going to be, I think it'll be some good scenes. Folks. We've done it again. Carla, we've made what? it through another what? GH report. We did. This is crazy. What? Folks, as always, thanks for watching. As always, like us on Facebook. Give us those five stars on iTunes. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Thank you, everybody, for hopping in the chat. We couldn't do the show without you. You decided to spend your Sundays with us, and we are eternally thankful. But if you wanted to stay in touch with either one of us after the show's over, Carla... Where can they find you and everything that you're up to? Okay, well, you can find me across all social media platforms at The Curvy Critic. You can find me over at Black Hollywood Live on Sundays right before the GH Report doing The Curvy Critic with Carla Renato where we talk about film reviews. I have some guest co-hosts. I have some guests every once in a while, so check that out. I'm also back at After Buzz TV on Monday nights doing the Dancing with the Stars after show. And on Thursday nights on NBC, you can find me on Superstore as Janet. Look at that. I love it. I love it. I love it. Just promote Promoting that brand. <laughs> the Carla Renata brand. It's rising every week. A little higher, a little higher, a little higher. And be on the lookout for that that super hot photo of her and Eddie Murphy. It is hot, if I must say so myself. That's true. Look at that. I, I can see the steam rising out of her phone. It was mm-hmm, so hot. Mm-hmm. Folks, like me on uh, Twitter and Instagram, at Jackie. Folks, that's going to do it for this episode of the GH Report. We'll be right here next Sunday. Yeah, why not? Let's do it next Sunday on After Buzz TV. Bye, everybody. Bye. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first. We're the biggest in the world. And we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> 
The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.